Welcome, listeners, to your national award-winning Let's Talk America radio program. I'm Shana Thornton, on-air host and executive producer, and welcome to an episode that is really going to impress, educate, and motivate you. Now, have you ever wondered if you're eating the right foods? Does certain foods affect certain energies and in your body and certain mood swings? We have an expert that believes all of that can go hand-in-hand, and everyone's diet choices are not the same depending on your body type and so much more. I'm so excited right now to have the one and only Dr. Kulreet Chaudhry on with us. Doctor, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you so much, Shana. Glad to be here. Uh, excited to have you on. This is a topic we haven't covered before. Now, I, I, we're going to dive right into uh, food choices and possible mood swings and how it affects all of that. But before we do, we have a tradition where we would love to hear more about our exclusive guests. I know you're a medical doctor and your specialty is foods, and it really your interest in this um, is not new necessarily because it goes back to ancient medicine. But explain your interest in individuals and their eating habits and mood swings. Where did all of this come from? Well, my training is as a neurologist, and I myself developed migraine headaches and initially thought, well, this is no big deal. I'm a trained neurologist. I have plenty of solutions for this, and none of the solutions worked, or sometimes the side effects were actually worse than the headaches themselves. And so in order to get my own migraines under control, I had to look into Ayurveda, which is an ancient medical system from India. And to Mm -hmm. my complete shock, the cause of my headaches was actually related to my overall gut health. And within three months of following the recommendations from the Ayurvedic practitioner, my headaches were gone. I had lost 10 pounds that I don't even remember gaining. And my energy (laughs) level and concentration was better. It all seemed kind of miraculous. But then when I trained as an Ayurvedic practitioner, it just made sense. The whole gut-brain connection and why the microbiome is so important to health, it all came together. Wow. I mean, now this is fascinating information. Um, Thank you for sharing your journey and your interest and being so transparent about it because many times we think of, well, what we eat, it's gut health. It has to do with our bellies being extra inflated, but we're not thinking any of that could be tied to headaches or anything um, dealing with neurology, and and this is fascinating. Um, Tell us exactly, I know you brought up a word previously when we were prepping dosha and saying how that really has so much to do with our bodies. Explain that term and and how there exactly is a link that saying that says, for instance, me being a vegetarian may not be the best option for me in terms of my body functioning. So it's a great question. So doshas are our mind-body type. And in Ayurveda, everything is prescribed, the way you live, the way you eat, according to your dosha, and particularly which dosha is out of balance currently. So it's a dynamic situation. There's three doshas, vata, pitta, and kasa. And usually most people are a combination of two where one will be predominant. But things like changes in the weather can affect your dosha. As you age, it can affect your dosha. And so it's important to understand the characteristics of each dosha and which foods are beneficial or harmful, because if you are eating in a way that creates a dosha imbalance, you will actually create not only problems just with focus and so forth in the mind, or things like headaches, but it will dramatically affect your mood as well. Wow. I mean, so this is actually fascinating in so many ways because you're saying even the temperature change could have so much to do with that. And, and that's interesting because I know you mentioned headaches before, um, and obviously 
for individual uh, medical advice. I know you would support what I'm saying, that people do visit their own individual practitioner. But when people have migraines or chronic headaches, there's a possibility uh, it could be tied to something as the type of diet they're uh, taking in their body? Absolutely. So let's look at each of the doshas, and I think it will make a little more sense. So the vata dosha is associated with the elements of space and air. And so that reflects the characteristics of vata. Vata tends to be smaller build. They talk fast. They walk fast. They eat fast. They do everything kind of quick and fast. And their digestions can be irregular as well as their energy levels. So if a vata individual eats foods that increases its own qualities, there's a concept in Ayurveda that like increases like, and opposites are used as medicine. So if a vata dosha already being really light eats a very light diet, so a lot of salads, raw foods, cold drinks, cold foods, that creates a dosha imbalance and can result in things like insomnia, constipation, and anxiety. So the whole mind-body complex is seen as one. The second dosha is the pitta dosha, and that's an, a combination of the elements of fire and water. So pitta doshas are naturally fiery individuals. And so they're kind of medium build. They tend to be very muscular, very goal-directed, you know, very high achievers. But when they get out of balance by eating foods that are heating as well, so things like red chilies, pepper, garlic, onions – they can result in a lot of the itises, so dermatitis, gastritis, colitis. And what they need are cooling foods because without the cooling foods, they can develop things like irritation and anger and frustration. So for the pitta dosha, you want foods like green leafy vegetables, melons, coconut water is ideal for pitta, and that keeps it cool and it cools down the mood. And so finally, the third dosha, which is a kapha dosha, is associated with the elements of water and earth. So it tends to be the heaviest dosha. It's bigger bone structure. They're slow and steady, even in their walk, in their talk, and their moods tend to be really, really steady. But if a kapha individual starts eating heavy foods like sugar, oils, dairy, and meat, they can develop issues like weight gain, formation of growth and tumors, and it can result in depression. So for a kapha individual, a vegan diet is absolutely ideal. But that's why it's so important to first know your dosha and then choose your food accordingly. Wow, such great information. Now, you, I'm going to ask the obvious question. How exactly do we figure out what our dosha is? I mean, do we need to go to an expert? <laughs> And you gave yes, a great that description. That's kind of the key point, right? Like, okay, this is really important. How do I figure it out? So, of course, the most ideal way would be if you can see an Ayurvedic practitioner. But, you know, we can't all go and see an Ayurvedic practitioner. And there are quizzes that help. And so I've created a quiz for people to start to get a feeling for which one might be your dosha. And you can just go to drkchaudhary.com, and the quiz is available there, and it will give your dosha result after you answer the questions. But okay. I actually feel the best way is to, if you can just spend a little bit of time studying the three different doshas because what you'll find 
is under different circumstances. As, as I said, most people are a combination of two. So under different circumstances, one might go up more than another. So it's a dynamic situation. It's not something that's just set in stone. You've got to really monitor your body. But here is a great blueprint that at least gives you a map of where to go once you figure this out. Wow, and it can make all the difference. You're listening to your national award-winning radio show, Let's Talk America, with host Sheena Thornton. I'm Shane. I'm on with the one and only Dr. Karit Chandra, and she is breaking it all down. She's the best-selling author as well, uh, author of Sound and Science. Am I, am I right about that? I've got that book right, doc, right, doctor? It's Sound Medicine. It's sound a medicine. Sound Thank medicine. you. My notes are right here. Sound and medicine. Um, when she breaks down this and so much more, we're talking about a fascinating subject of dosha, that buzzword that she mentioned, figuring out what exactly is your dosha, what type, and eating according to that. And she said there are quizzes, evaluations. And if sometimes if we sit back and actually think and evaluate how we operate, what would be helpful? I have to ask this. You both, uh, you and I both know that there is a growing epidemic here in the U.S. Um, called obesity, also called type 2 diabetes. How does mm-hmm. diabetes and obesity fit into that? Um, if a diabetic is listening to us tonight, doctor, uh, can they, she say, well, I, I, will I fit into one of those? Or when you have diabetes, is there a compromise in trying to figure out which category you fit in? No, not at all. So what happens with diabetes is it's usually an accumulation of both kapha and pitta dosha. And so even if that's not your natural build, as I said, there's many things that can influence your dosha. If you are eating a highly processed, low-fiber, high-sugar diet, which is the traditional American diet, it's going to result in a dosha imbalance. So this is a really, really important point that Even if you are, let's say, built as vata, but you eat all the wrong things, you can develop a kapha dosha imbalance. And the pitta comes in with all the inflammation and autoimmunity that we also see associated with diabetes. And so for somebody who has diabetes, which, again, it's it's completely a reversible epidemic because it's so deeply related to our diet, we would recommend a kapha-reducing program, which is predominantly a vegan diet. But that doesn't mean you have to do it overnight. You know, start with like meatless Mondays and then maybe add in a Wednesday, like slowly start making these changes. But by following these dietary recommendations and other recommendations for balancing the kapha dosha, you will get the diabetes under control naturally. I see. Wow. And so, so key. And like you're saying, just do that check-in. Um, and, and I would imagine this, you've mentioned so much about ancient science and helping us get to where we're going, but I can have to bring up the F word, doctor, which is focus. For us to be focused in the D word of being disciplined, right? To really stick to it because so many people, you know, they, they hear diet programs or they hear saying, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, and they'll try it for a few weeks and then they fall off the wagon. You know that, being a medical doctor, and then they go right back to those habits that aren't the healthiest. What would be your advice to someone listening in to us tonight that's saying, yeah, yeah, but every diet plan I've tried, I failed? What would be your encouragement for them? Well, I actually disagree with you regarding the focus. That's a big myth that it takes focus and willpower to change diet. Mm. Well, I Mm -hmm. found after working with patients who had so much focus and willpower in other areas of their life but couldn't change the way that they ate, 
I oh, found my. that it's actually biochemistry. And so that's why wow. I wrote my first book, which is The Prime, and it's mm-hmm. how to create spontaneous weight loss by shifting biochemistry first. And it's all based on Ayurvedic principles. But the reason why it's no longer a game about focus and willpower is that the way okay. that food is being designed nowadays, it's as addictive hmm. as drugs are. Oh. And so it would be oh, like wow. telling an addict, you know, hey, just will yourself away from doing this. No, you've got to okay. fight biochemistry with biochemistry. So for wow. somebody who's really having a hard time changing their foods, that means yes. that their brain has actually neuroadapted to their current diet. And oh, that my. is the science in how mm-hmm. our modern-day junk foods are made. There are food scientists that are there just to figure out how to get you addicted to the foods. So I don't think it's fair to tell an addict that they just lack focus when they are now chemically dependent on the foods. So that's where, like, you know, following a plan to actually shift neuroadaptation and shift the microbiome, what that leads to is you spontaneously, slowly start craving the right foods. So it's, wow. it's all about biochemistry. And what amazes me is they understood this biochemistry 5,000, 8,000 years ago in these ancient oh times. My. They laid it all out for us. Wow. I mean, fascinating information. And, and thank you for explaining um, that side of it because it, more and more advocates and experts we have had on the show have said that food can be so addictive. And you're right. I mean, it, we don't blame an addict up for their sickness. When you think of food, and, and so many people don't put food in that category, but, I mean, it's true to say that a lot of us uh, throughout the world may be addicted to the foods and the makeup of it and sugar, right? It's sugar, fat, salt. There's, there's a science behind it. The food scientists have actually figured out what the bliss point is, and I talk a lot about this in my book, The Prime, of how food is designed to get you hooked, but here's the beauty of it is if there's a science that gets you addicted, there's also a science to get you out. So in my book, The Prime, I don't tell anybody to change anything they're eating. All I do is I work on the biochemistry, and I've laid out that program. And so from the biochemical shifts, your body, particularly your gut and your brain, begin to change. And once that change, makes, once that change takes place, you start changing the way that you eat spontaneously. Wow, I love it. So, I mean, what I love about it is you're saying, one, it may not always be the fault of individuals when it comes to eating, but you're saying there is a solution, obviously, and with a plan and with the right advocate and uh, expert helping individuals that it could, it could make it happen. There could be the weight loss. There can be the ultimate health guide that so many people have been baffled about for most of their life. Absolutely. And even then, though, it's important to know your dosha. And what I see is like when my patients do the prime program or I have other readers that have done the prime program, they Mm -hmm. see how much their dosha changes after they get back into balance and they go, oh, this is what I was like when I was a teenager, you know, or younger. So you're really coming back like to yourself. Okay. Wow, I love that. Such a fascinating uh, topic that so many people just aren't familiar with. We are talking right now with the one and only Dr. Karit Chandra. She is a medical doctor, neurologist, and neuroscientist, and she is breaking it all down and how foods can affect 
um, every part of your body and also your mood swings, believe it or not. She's got the science behind it. She is the best-selling author of two books, one titled The Prime and the second Sound Medicine. And eye-opening, I've interviewed so many experts, but, Doctor, what you were saying is just really fascinating, um, and it's helping us understand um, more about food and who we are. Uh, before you go, because such a great conversation, but I know we have a time limit, when we talk about mood swings, um, is it possible that there are things out there that people are dealing with that may be connected to perhaps the wrong diet? I mean, and I'm going to dare say this is just a question, even when it comes to depression, anxiety, is that possible? Oh, absolutely. And so it goes both ways. See, we tend to look at the gut and the brain as two separate organs. And in Ayurveda, they look at it as one functional unit. And there's actually um, a saying in, in Ayurveda, as you eat, so is the mind, meaning the food that you eat directly changes the microbiome or the bacteria and other microorganisms in your gut. And they are very responsible for the impact of neurotransmission on the brain. Most of our serotonin is actually created in the gut. It's not created in the brain. So there's this huge feedback loop from the gut to the brain. Now, of course, okay. the reverse is also true, meaning when we get into certain mood disorders, our brain will begin to crave certain foods trying to create the pleasure response so that we don't feel certain unwanted feelings. So it creates spikes in dopamine, which is our feel-good chemical. Oh, so it goes yeah. both ways. And that's why in the prime, I address both systems. I address the gut, but I'm also addressing the brain and helping the brain to come off of those highs and lows off of dopamine while simultaneously changing the environment in the gut. So you can't separate out really when it comes to the gut-brain connection, you can't separate out that, oh, this is what the brain's doing, that's what the gut's doing. They're doing it together. Wow, fascinating. Looking at the body is holistic. Uh, and as she pointed out, it was done over 5,000 years ago. So as much as we may be learning and in, in talking to experts such as yourself, doctor, uh, it's fascinating to think that there were medical experts thousands of years ago that had already made that link. Maybe they weren't called doctors or medical doctors then, but they've already made that link that the body, um, the gut health and brain health were connected. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the advantage. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's take what we knew from the past, yeah. you know, take what has worked for so long, and then incorporate that with what we're learning now. But why would we reinvent yeah. everything? Why would we have to rediscover the role of the microbiome when they already knew that from so long yeah. ago? <laughs> Wow, love it. Such great information. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on Let's Talk America Radio, where we offer real talk for real people. Um, before you go, we have to know, because I'm sure there's lots of interest in the topic you're talking about, um, one that's very relatable on so many levels. Where can we go, doctor, for more information about all that you talk about and more information on that dosha quiz? <laughs> Absolutely. So for more information about Ayurveda, the doshas, and different spices and herbs that can help to balance the doshas, you can go to mm-hmm. Dr. K. Chaudhary, that's just D-R-K-C-H-A-U-D-H-A-R-Y.com. And both of my books, Sound Medicine and the Prime, are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. 
Wow, fascinating. And before you leave us, if you have one bit of advice, a pearl or a nugget, as we call it here on Let's Talk America Radio, for individuals that may be going through some health challenges or maybe they can't get their weight down, maybe the diabetes is uncontrolled, whatever it is, as a medical doctor and lots of experiences and very transparent about your own health battle that you have, any words of encouragement? One is don't underestimate the power of small change. I think people oftentimes feel that change can only happen if you do like a makeover, like the big grand reveal, like everything was done within one week. And that's not actually Mm -hmm. how lasting change happens, and that's not even how lasting change lasts, meaning, yes, you might change for a short period like that, but it won't last. And so don't underestimate how one healthy habit can change your life. And if you were going to do anything, one thing I'd recommend is starting a supplement. It's an Ayurvedic supplement called Trifla, T-R-I-P-H-A-L-A, 1,000, 2,000 to 2,000 milligrams a night. And the reason I love that supplement so much is it works on gut health. And when you do even one thing right for your gut, you change your entire body. Wow, I love it. And that's so key. And it's about the body being in tune. And as I have a very good friend who's in healthcare says, what's your why? And the why may be for your kids or for your legacy or whatever it is, or simply to see the age of 50 years old, we can do it. And we, I, I, I want to use the word focus again, but focus helps. But as you pointed out, there's more to it. But perhaps, doctor, if you would allow me to say this, for us to focus and finally put our health as a priority, Yes, absolutely. And I don't mean to take away the importance of focus. I'm just saying when it comes to changing your diet in the Mm -hmm. modern world because of how we have modified food, it's a lot more than just focus. But for just wanting to set health goals, of course focus is important. But you you have to fight biochemistry with biochemistry, and that's why I'm saying, you know, you've got to go down the path of breaking this cycle of addiction between the gut and the brain to these unhealthy foods, and that requires more than focus. But, yeah, focus on that being a goal, and you'll see how you're things so right. start to come you know, to you. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. I mean, we do have to be realistic and practical. If we're going to come up with a practical solution, you've got to put the truth on the table, all of it, to make sure that you're approaching it in an effective manner. I love it. I love the conversation. We're going to have to have you back on again to talk more about it. Thank you so much for your time and your advocacy and expertise to help us become our best health. One last time, give us that website so someone can jot it down again. Absolutely. It's drkchaudhry.com, just D-R-K-C-H-A-U-D-H-A-R-Y.com. I love it. Thanks so much for joining us here on Let's Talk America Radio. Listeners, our program is the way it is because of your support and you tuning in to experts such as Dr. Chaudhry. We appreciate her. And stay tuned in. We have more experts and advocates coming your way. For additional information, visit ltaradio.com. That's ltaradio.com. And if you love yourself and your health is your wealth, be sure to share this audio episode with a family member or friend. Take care. Stay informed.